are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by Stephen Halmerick, our Chief Economist. Stephen, nice to have you on. Thanks, Belinda. Very good to be with you again. Yes. Now, you are just back from the United States where you spent uh, about a week and a half uh, talking to a mix of clients, uh, Treasury and Fed officials, Uh, and and other stakeholders there to really get a great view on what is happening in the US economy, uh, what we're expecting from the US Federal Reserve, but also, and I think this is really interesting, which we'll touch on later, their views on Australia. So no shortage of things to talk about. But before we get into those details, Stephen, what was your overall view about travelling there uh, post-pandemic? Yeah, thanks, Belinda. Well, yeah, it was great to be back in the US. Uh, First trip there since 2019 for all the obvious Mm -hmm. reasons. And yeah, the the overall discussion was certainly focused on inflation. Mm. So inflation was seen as not only the number one economic problem, it's also the number one political problem for the uh, Biden administration. So a lot of uh, attention uh, being placed on getting inflation you know back down to a more sustainable level, a more sustainable range, and uh, the authorities are. Uh, pretty confident they can do that, but that's uh, going to take a fair bit of action from the Federal Reserve, you know, as we have recently seen. Uh, but it, it was great to be back. You know, New York was busy, mm-hmm. Washington was busy, plenty going on. Um, as you say, you know, with the world kind of reopening uh, with the vaccinations for, for COVID, it was certainly um, a great opportunity to be back there. Now, the meetings you had were just before the Fed hiked the funds rate by 75 basis points uh, Last late last week, but certainly what you were hearing when you were over there is that the Fed was very up for the challenge in bringing inflation down. Uh, so after the 75 basis point move last week, we have actually had to change our Fed funds forecast. Uh, Joseph Caperso put out that note late last week. But just what is the outlook for the Fed from here, particularly in the context of what you were hearing when you were over in the US? Yes, yeah, so while I was in New York, I went and saw the New York Fed and I was there actually just the day before they went into their week-long uh, blackout period and the, ahead of that Fed meeting last week. And then the message there was you know, really very clear. They were talking about you know, the US economy being red hot or parts of it red hot, the uh, rest of it only just strong. Um, they used words like there's excess demand everywhere, particularly things like housing and the auto sector. And that uh, big increase in demand relative to supply was causing uh, this big spike in inflation. And so the Fed you know, has the tools to manage that, which is they need to get interest rates up and quickly, or expeditiously is, the, is mm. the word they're using. So it really didn't come as a great surprise that they did a 75 basis point rate hike last week. And as you said, we're now expecting the Fed funds rate to peak at a range of 3.5 to 375 Remembering um, it's still now only uh, about one and a half percent, so there's a there's a way to go. Uh, so we would expect um, some further pretty aggressive moves from the Fed, another 75 basis point increase that we think coming in July, and then more rate hikes after that. So 
essentially the, the Fed knows knows they need to get on with the job, getting interest rates up pretty smartly to control inflation. And uh, we think that's what they're going to do in the next couple of months. Now, we've often thought about where interest rates will go based on what neutral interest rates are. So it was really interesting in your feedback that they're not even thinking about where neutral is at the moment. They're just really thinking about needing to get interest rates higher. Yeah, that's, uh, the New York Fed has mm. done a lot of work previously you know, trying to estimate the neutral uh, rate in the US. You can go onto the New York Fed's website. It's, there's a lot of information there. But they actually stopped publishing their estimate of neutral uh, late in 2020, really, as the GDP numbers were being uh, impacted significantly by COVID. And so when I asked them, you know, where do you think neutral is, they, they basically said, look, Stephen, we're not even thinking about that at the moment. We just need no, we just know we need to get interest rates high enough to get um, inflation under control. And then that kind of leads to a discussion, well, if you go into really restrictive territory, do you then risk you know, a negative economic outturn on the, on the back end of that? So you increase interest rates and you generate a hard landing. And I got the sense that you know, that's, that's tomorrow's problem. So today's problem is really to get on top of inflation. Uh, tomorrow's problem is you know, deal with some weaker economic growth. It's a real challenge, as you said, politically to deal with not only the higher rate of inflation now and the cost of living pressures, particularly I think looking at the gasoline prices is, is the easiest way to yeah. show that in the US. You also met with the US Treasury Department. Are they also taking that view that they're more focused on inflation now rather than the risk of recession in the future? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, as I mentioned, it's not only an economic issue, but it's a political issue and you know, the price of gas, as they, they call it in mm. the US, um, yeah, uh, topping $5 a gallon from less than $3 a gallon a, a year ago, which is still pretty cheap actually compared to Australia, which convert that to Aussie dollars per litre, but uh, it's gone up a lot and uh, that's a political problem for the president. And so the, the Treasury is very much um, supporting the US Fed in you know, getting interest rates up as quickly as they can to get on top of the inflation problem. So um, the, the message was the, the Fed uh, knows what they're doing, the Treasury's going to let them do that, and uh, you know, interest rate increases are certainly going to be coming in the coming months ahead. So what else is the Treasury focused on at the moment? There's a lot of implications from the war in the Ukraine, the ongoing climate change challenge. Are they also kind of looking broader beyond that inflation issue at the moment? Uh, yeah, yes, certainly. There's a, there's a lot on the agenda, to uh, to say the mm. least. So the, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine is definitely at the top of the list of things they're concerned about, as well as you know, re-establishing relationships with key allies, particularly in Europe, after the um, you know, the America First period, if we can put it that way. Yep. Um, so in terms of Russia, the idea was to impose maximum pain on the Russian economy uh, to try and convince the Russian leadership to end the war, uh, but at the same time not have the pain of those sanctions on Russia felt by the U.S. consumer, um, particularly the price of oil is, is the big issue there. And so that's a very difficult uh, balancing act. Uh, the other area of, of really significant concern was the supply of food. Right. So Russia and UK, Ukraine account for about 30% of the world's traded wheat. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of concern of countries, particularly in Africa and the Middle East, who may be really significantly negatively impacted by a big reduction in the global supply of wheat and a big increase in price of wheat and other agricultural products. So uh, concerns about famine um, 
across Africa and Middle East and the geopolitical ramifications of that. Um, as I mentioned, climate change policy, also a, a big point of interest. Also things like global taxation policy, working with the OECD on a minimum 15% uh, company tax rate for multinationals, those earning overseas income. Um, and there's also uh, what's called the reconciliation bill in the US, which is looking to increase the corporate tax rate uh, back up to about or back up to 25% after it was cut by President Trump from an average of 35% to 21%. They want to get it back up to 25%, use some of that money to spend on things like uh, childcare to improve female labour force mm. participation, uh, uh, education and skills training, research and development. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot going on across many spectrums in the Treasury. And I guess we need to think about that in context of midterm elections in the US. So they're just four and a half yep. months away, being on the 8th of November. So that adds a, another political challenge to the, to the Biden administration. Yeah, it certainly does. At the moment, the, the Democrats control both the House mm. and uh, the Senate is 50-50, which means the Vice President Harris, she gets the deciding vote. So essentially, the Democrats have a majority in both, uh, both houses. Uh, the opinion polls and people I spoke to think that at the midterms in November, that situation will change significantly. Uh, the Republicans are expected to take control of the House and they could well also take control of the Senate, which means from the end of this year to the end of 2024, you've got a Democratic president and Republicans controlling Congress makes it very, very difficult for the president to get his legislation uh, through. So we have to govern by what's called executive order, which the new president can change at a stroke of a pen if there is a new president post the election in 2024. So um, you know, it's going to be difficult uh, for President Biden to get a lot done uh, from the end of this year to 2024. And I was slightly alarmed to see in your note that the debt limit could once again return <laughs> through the summer of 2023, having worked in markets for many years now. It's certainly a perennial issue uh, that won't go away. But I was really fascinated on the feedback on the clients and officials' views in the US on Australia. Yes, so you know, the, the main aim of the tour was um, to speak to clients in the US that are looking at Australian markets mm. and they're certainly you know, overall quite a positive view towards Australia. You know, the economy's been performing very strongly uh, as we know and uh, the labour market, uh, particularly unemployment rate down the lowest level since 1974. Mm. But Australia has been caught up in this um, increase in inflation, this global inflation pressures and uh, of course, we know the Reserve Bank increased interest rates by 50 basis points earlier this month. Yeah. It's a little bit of a surprise to some, including us. But I think we need to see the RBA's moves in the context of this global monetary policy tightening. And certainly when I was at the New York Fed, they talked about globally inflation was higher, global monetary policy needs to tighten. Uh, the RBA did 50 basis points. We've all seen 50 basis point increases in New Zealand, in Canada, in Switzerland. And, of course, the bigger one in the U.S., uh, Bank of England, a little bit uh, softer at 25. So if we look at Australia in that global context, that supports our view that interest rates now need to continue to rise through July, August, September and November. Uh, but certainly lots of discussion about why we expect uh, the cash rate here to peak at uh, most likely 2.1%, maybe 2.35 relative relative to what's priced into the market, yeah. which is 
an increase of over 4%. Mm. And, and, and that meant a detailed discussion with our clients about how the home loan market in Australia, particularly the big increase in fixed rate lending in late 2020, early 2021, that uh, those fixed rate loans need to be refinanced, particularly through the second half of 2023. Uh, so our view is quite strongly that whilst the Reserve Bank is unlikely to be needing to increase interest rates through 2023, uh, financial conditions are going to continue to tighten quite dramatically through 2023 as people refinance those super low fixed rate mortgages with much higher standard variable rates or indeed higher uh, fixed rates through 2023. And so once you go through the, um, the detail analysis, we can use the internally generated Commonwealth Bank data, particularly on things like mm. uh, credit and debit card spending and the lending we're doing and the income we can see coming through bank accounts. Uh, clients have a much better understanding of why we've got that view that the cash rate will peak at a much lower level than the market expects. And I would say that the overwhelming majority of people agree with our assessment, mm. uh, but we, uh, we've seen continued you know, volatility and higher interest rates in the, in the near term. But certainly I think our view on the RBA will prove to be the correct one as the RBA gets on with the tightening from here. Certainly sounds like a very valuable trip, Stephen. You know, all those insights, not only in the US economy, but also the feedback on Australia. Yes, it was great. I mean, there's, there's, um, you know, there's nothing beats actually mm. going to a place and eyeballing people and spending time with them uh, in a detailed discussion. I know we've all enjoyed, um, you know, the online communication yeah. for the last <laughs> two or two years, but uh, definitely from my experience, uh, being in the same room with some very senior people from New York Fed, the Treasury, uh, our clients, mm. uh, you know, it's incredibly valuable. Well, we appreciate your sharing your insights uh, on the podcast today. Thank you, Stephen. My pleasure. Thanks, Linda. Now, you can read Stephen Halmerick's A Travelling Economist, United States Eruption Note, uh, which was published on combankresearch.com.au on the 20th of June, 2022.